If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. He here, ye. Come on, come on. You are listening to the Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuel. Man, we at it again with this video thing. No big deal. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, yep. I'm, I'm still getting used to it, man. I'm still getting used to it. It's a little different. Yeah, man. We're, we're working out the kinks, but hopefully uh, the audience sticks with us. I'm sure it'll be a, a bumpy road. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, well but, uh, uh, hopefully hopefully they're not getting uh, tired of seeing um, our pretty faces. Yeah, pretty. I'm not sure about that one, but uh, hopefully they, they, they find our uh, interactions good enough. <laughs> all right all right so 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 what's the topic for today joel uh the good old uh it's it's like we're coming full circle a little bit here uh we're touching on uh the census again a little more focused than the last time we did this uh a little bit more narrowed in on on some of the census data uh, but I think I, I don't know the episode off the top of my head, but I want to say one of our first five episodes was uh, touching on StatsCan. Uh, but it might have yeah. been first ten. Right. I'll, yeah, I'll make yeah, sure to yeah. find it and put it in the show notes page. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, I think. I think. Of course, looking at the stats, I always enjoy. I always enjoy kind of episodes because uh, it kind of gets to the pulse of where the country is at. And being able to look at the numbers and ask the questions that some of, um, right, the guys who are crunching the numbers didn't ask. Uh, so, and and also see some hidden some hidden uh, points in the uh, in the stats. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, so for the listeners uh, to let you know the direction we're heading in, uh, we're going to look at what is the okay. Well, first of all, we're talking about uh, Canada as uh, the number one in common law in the G7 in, 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 in terms of relationships, common law. And so we're going to hit the points of what is the difference between common law and marriage and look at the pros and cons. And then we're going to talk, look at uh, as Canada has the highest share of common law couples among the G7 countries. And we're going to look at why that is. And then we're going to look at... Um, the gender diversity status or uh, status of couples uh, captured from the first time or for the first, um, in the stats. So we're going to look at that and then uh, end with the with our two cents. So what uh, what what appealed this or what made this issue appeal to you or what what aspect of this stat? drew you in why did you find it peculiar uh because i have uh some friends some family that uh live common law 
and and we were having a discussion about that. Um, why are they common law, or or sometimes sometimes they they don't even realize that they're common law, or even like mm-hmm. again, and that brings back again to is you know, in, in comparison to or contrast to common law. What about marriage? Is marriage important? What's the point of marriage? Um, why are there mm-hmm. tax incentives for it? So, so when when this stat came up, and they're like, "Oh, Canada is increasing," or we're number one in in common law in the G seven, I was like, "Okay, well, let, let's look at these numbers. Let's crunch these numbers and see and see what's going on." So, first, let's look at the pros and cons of marriage. Oh, well, first, first, let's define let's define common law and define marriage, and then we'll get into some pros and cons. So, uh, you know, based on the province uh, that you live in, uh, a common law can be different, right? So it can be after six months to a year. And then in regards to the terms, if you were to separate, uh, like, for example, like BC, it's the exact same as being married. So the, the terms of separation that you get with being married, it would be the same as if you were in common law in BC. But in other places, um, the terms aren't so much the same. And, and, and technically, in, in general, it's a lot more difficult for a person that lives common law to separate in comparison to marriage. Because when you're married, uh, mm-hmm. legally, everything taken care of from the time you say I do in the eyes of the government. So, so separation is a, is a little bit more cleaner uh, versus um, when you're common law, there's nothing in writing. And so in order to make that, that separation um, peaceful before you, 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 know, you get into the common law or while you're in the common law relationship, you have to start writing your terms, right? So yeah, you mm-hmm. have to start writing down your terms in regards to what happens if you were to separate. And then for marriage, okay, and marriage is an institution, uh, a formal agreement in the eyes of the government. And if you're religious in the eyes of God, uh, to uh, that your relationship is formal um, in the eyes of God, in the Christian sense, you know, the Christian God. And if you're not a Christian, you know, marriage, you can still have marriage um, apart from God. Yeah, that's, that's good. I will, uh, I, I think it's a really good point that like, you know, common law results in, a little more unintentionality um, to both the union and the, let's say, dissolution of such union, if, if that be the case. Um, I'll say I had a friend who found a very, I won't name names, but I found a very- <laughs> Yeah, don't, yeah, don't way, do that. <laughs> convenient way to avoid being put into common law. And it's very simple. Rental agreement. Okay, what do you mean? So I'm renting a room from you. So now our living arrangement is one of a tenant and landlord or sublease if if you're the both, you know, if if the other person's not a tenant a landlord. Now obviously that can only go so far. Uh both parties were intentional in in creating such a scenario and and it turns out that these two people did also end up getting married. But the idea is that they they essentially used a rental agreement 
as a means to demonstrate that they weren't common law. And so it was a way to prevent. Now, that would only work so well if both parties are, have that intention and both parties continue to uphold it. Um, yeah. Because yes. if, if one of the two parties wanted to sort of, you know, go a different route, that, that approach um, could be argued against. Uh, yes. Right. And and, so, and, 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 that, and that's what I was going to say, Joel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, that, that's what I was going to say um, in regards to, like, I, I read some cases where, yes, people tried to just say, okay, well, this person is renting from me. But after 15 years and, 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 and three kids, uh, and then you take it to court, uh, that that's not going to hold up to say that this person was just a renter. No, and, and, and I mean, use use Ontario. I believe the terms are six months um, until your common law. And so for mm -hmm. a couple that viewed, you know, being in a relationship that, hey, if this goes a year and we want to just part ways, hey, you know, one party owns the, the property that they live in. The other one is a tenant. Here's the rental agreement. And it makes the dissolution um, avoid what the government wants, which is, or I shouldn't say wants, what the government deems based on this rule. But to your point, you know, 15 years, kids, all these things, um, that, that contract of renting would only go so far. Um, and, and like I said, it would be more so to prevent the government from saying, Hey, you guys are common law. Be like, no, no, I just live with this person. Um, as opposed to, Hey, you guys have the same address on your tax returns. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, 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 totally. Um, uh -huh. and, and so that's something to, to keep an eye out on, um, when looking at those things. Um, yeah, cause it, it can, it can get real messy, um, when, when separating as, as common law. Right. Uh, well, okay. Let, let's look at some pros and yeah. cons. Let's look at some pros and cons of, of marriage and, uh, common law. So, uh, for, Let's start with common law. So for common law, um, the con would be uh, separation is more, um, more, more complicated. Spousal support and, and property rights, uh, thus lawyers, lawyer fees can cost um, like between fifty thousand to seventy thousand per person, um, and trying to sort out what belongs to who, um, and then you have both people coming in with fifty fifty, but not. But both parties at the end of a, a, a separation might not leave with 50-50 because of spousal support, maybe child support, or whatever the case may be. And then there's um, the there's a general misconception um, about the legal responsibilities of a common law relationship. The positives of a common law relationship is that uh, you can afford your rent. Uh, it's easier access to sex. And uh, it's an informal commitment. And then for marriage, mm -hmm. uh, the, the cost of a lavish wedding um, can interfere with other goals like uh, home ownership and, and having children. And then uh, there's uh, divorce is, co um, is common. The, now, this is why people don't get married, right? Uh, divorce is common. And then um, marriage also enforces gender norms and then the positives are protection of sexual rights and then 
formal commitment and familial connection is another positive. Any of those stick mm -hmm. out to you, Joel? Um, I mean, I think, I think the first one is probably like of marriage, right? The idea of like the cost of a wedding and all of the, the production there, if you want to call it that, um, may be a bit of a deterrent why people put off getting married. Um, and, and mm -hmm. as a result, end up in common law of those who start out common law actually end up married. Um, and so that's, you know, a piece of the data that's not quite there. Um, but what, what stood out to me is that like, you don't have to have the lavish wedding. You, you can go get married with the justice of peace and just, you know, take care of business. Right. And so I think I would speculate while I believe this is a, a huge factor. I also think it's the cultural norm of we have to get married in a, you know, more, more formal sense. Um, and it's sort of frowned upon to do it informally or, or I should say uh, to just do the legal proceeding side of it and sort of not worry about the, you know, vibration that is very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I think that, yeah. you know, um, many people probably end up in common law unintentionally. And so this is where, you know, let's say the government's um, unintended consequence was that they made divorce more difficult, technically, and maybe this is divorce is not the right word. While they were trying, like the intention of common law was to protect, um, let's say the spouse who, whether they wanted to get married or, or, you know, was supporting the other in, in this arrangement, but didn't have any recourse to, to, you know, in the same regards as a divorce based on the cost though, arguably, you know, if this is a, you know, relatively small wealth, a lot of it's going to be eaten up by the, the lawyer fees. So you, you've, you know, the unintended consequence potentially is that it's more difficult and more costly while the intended consequence of what, why was common law created? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think, you know, from the commit, the Christian perspective, the idea of a formal commitment that goes along with sex and raising children um, is something that is um, more easily avoided in our culture with the common law scenario being created. But um, that's a bit of a hypothesis as opposed to a proclamation. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the idea of the protection of sexual rights. So, for example, if you're not married, uh, so for or I'll put it the other way: uh, when you're married, your spouse owns you. So, so your your wife, for me, so for example, Tyra owns me. She owns me sexually, and then I own Tyra sexually. Right. So I can't step out of my marriage and. I can't step outside of my marriage versus if, if there isn't any formal agreement. Um, yeah. Like, like you made an informal vow in front of nobody. Um, right. Uh, then you, then 
right? The person technically they don't they don't own you. It's a boyfriend and, mm-hmm. and a girlfriend, and and in the in every sense of the term, you guys are just friends. And so, for you to step out, yes, it's not. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's not good integrity, but it doesn't hold the same weight as opposed to you know you've made a vow before God in a in a, in a covenant where you've you've basically um, given up your rights to another person. And so with with that said, if you're if you are just boyfriend and girlfriend, you're just friends. Versus if you're married, uh, you've become family. Whether that's a name change or even just the change of allegiance, um, as the scripture says, um, when when God was laying the institution of marriage, and He says in Genesis, I think it's Genesis two, and He says, um, um, "For this reason, a man will leave his mother and mother and father and cleave to his wife." And that that idea of leaving and cleaving is a change of allegiance, where the where your allegiance as um, a, a wife and a husband is no longer to your family, but when the husband and wife come together, you're now family. Versus if you if it wasn't if you're not married, then you guys are just friends. Hence the term, girlfriend, boyfriend. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. Um, and you know, it's a, it's, I think it's a, you know, your point about informal commitment right and um you know you're not really making a commitment toward you know before anybody and so i think um the it's an interesting question that that or you know something that would i'd be curious on the data potentially and maybe hard to, to figure out but that would be you know what's what's the level of common law spouses that um there's you know, unfaithfulness in the relationship as opposed to the exact same percentage. Um, but, but I think your point about an informal commitment and then, you know, what are the consequences of that with regards to the relationship is an interesting uh, question that, that, you know, this data is pointing me towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now let's move on and, and, and look at the next topic. So Canada has the, Canada has the highest, share of common law couples among G7 countries, owing mainly to the popularity of this union in Quebec. So the key question is this, why the increase in common law in in Quebec? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my first take is you know, just as I thought, I was trying to think through it, like, you know, I know culturally there's a, um, you know, some, some differences, like, and I know this is totally unrelated, but uh, with respect to the church, a lot of French curse words are actually like cursing aspects of the church. Like, I'm not sure if you're familiar, the essentially tabernacle, which is reference to tabernacle is is a huge you know or i shouldn't say huge a common curse word and so i just wonder if um the history of marriage and the church is a part of it that that would sort of be my my initial speculation um what has your uh research shown darnell as to the nature and why this is so common in quebec yeah uh so there was a there was an old article about, I think from, let me see, 
there was an old article, I think, from about four years ago, and and they addressed this question. And so there was this uh, woman, Helen Bellu, a professor um, professor at Institut National, um, excuse my French, <laughs> Recherche <laughs> uh, Scientifique in Montreal. I think I think research is actually research, but uh, I don't know how to pronounce it in French. <laughs> that's what the, that's what happens when you skip grade, grade nine French, guys. <laughs> to go play dominoes. You mean, you mean when you got out of grade nine French? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so Helen Bailu, um, in 2015, um, she did a survey of thousands of people of couples across Quebec to determine why. Uh, they might prefer common law relationships. Uh, and, sh and she said this, oh, th these were her findings. So there was misinformation about the rights they have within common law unions um, and the reasons why uh, Quebecers uh, choose not to get married, she explained. So when they say that they don't want to get married, often they believe it's the same thing to be married or to be in common which isn't correct, said Bellu. Uh, she says that the Quebec government sometimes gives the impression through social policies and tax income, uh, tax income law that your legal rights are the same if you're in common law relationship, uh, creating confusion. Uh, people think that somehow with common law unions, there's a lesser attachment, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, the next point she makes is uh, culturally in Quebec, common law unions are socially accepted and many don't even know if a couple is married or not. Uh, women often don't change their names when they get married and even the language they use um, were to their partner in a way that means that they are living in a common law union, even if they are married. And then the last point uh, she makes is um, uh, they reject the traditional vision of gender relations um, prefer common law in Quebec. Interesting. Interesting. Um, just for, for the listener, um, in, in the StatsCan link, there's an infographic number five. Uh, they can see the percentage or proportion of couples that are living common law uh, by province. Um, so I'll say that the majority of provinces are between, so the Canada wide is 23%. Most provinces are 16, Ontario, for example, 16, uh, 17, 18, 19, 20, 23 is sort of the most common provinces. Um, the ones that there's four that are sort of above that, that threshold, Quebec's 43, Yukon is 33, Northwest Territories is 36, and then none of it is uh, 52%. So none of it being the only one with the majority of couples being common law. Um, so I just thought uh, you could check out that graphic if you're more interested. But for, for those that are listening only, uh, you know, we, we focused in on Quebec um, partially because the percentage of people as well um, and the lack of remoteness uh, to, the, to the province. Uh, made it stand out. Uh, and so really Quebec's average would be driving up or Quebec's percentage would be driving up the average for Canada uh, more so than the other three that are that are high. Okay. And and for those people who are from the 
U.S. listening and they're wondering, well, okay, well, what's up with Quebec? Well, you know, Quebec has had a history of of trying to be, well, well, try to separate from from the rest of the nation, and they kind of have a, their own way of going about things, um, where they are socially conservative. Is that fair to say, Joel? Um, more than than we are over here. What do you think? Uh what's unique about Quebec? Quebec uh they are primarily French and and they're very socialist. <laughs> so their their socialism in Canada uh they're leading the pack, let's put it that way. Um and I say that based on uh so for our American listeners, we have this thing called transfer payments between provinces. And Quebec is always the one getting the most amount of money from all the other provinces. Um, and so that's where that, that would be the basis for my claim that they're the most socialist uh, because they have the most government spending in disproportion to the revenue they bring in, i.e. the rest of Canada yeah. subsidizing their government spending. Right. And then, and then, and then I would say that they're conservative in the sense that um, they're not as uh, socially progressive as um, the rest of Canada, um, right? Hence why they have uh, those those uh, religious bills and and so forth. Um, I can't remember what bill it was. Um, I think it was Bill C-21. I, I can't bill... remember. C-21? Yeah, I think it was Bill 21. No, there's, the C is for the federal ones. I think it's just Bill 21 because it's the bill 21. one, but... Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's an interesting All right. point. Uh, um, okay, cool, they, cool. They have cool. a peculiarity to their nature. Um, so yeah. I'm sure maybe All one right. of our uh, listeners knows a little bit more. Maybe if uh, if a listener's got a two cents on to why Quebec has so much common law, feel free to hit us up, sixcentsreport at gmail.com and, and all our socials. To let us know. Yeah. Now, the the next point is uh, gender diversity. Um, so they just recently started tracking these numbers. So gender diversity status of couples is captured for the first time. So about one in every 250 couples in, includes at least one transgender or non-binary person. Um, so, uh, Joel... And in the tracking of uh, non-binary, transgender, and so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, I jumped into, at the very bottom, there's a table that shows some... Um, uh, it was table three, gender diversity status of spouse or partner of transgender person and couple in Canada. Um I mean, because I'm more numbers oriented, I sort of you know, let, was drawn to this piece. Um, it just speaking to the percentage of, so it's like transgender men, and then it does the same thing for women. So I'll just mention it, but it's like transgender men and couples. And then it's like with cisgender man, cisgender woman, transgender man, transgender woman, non-binary person um and both for transgender men and transgender women being in a cisgender couple 
uh, or, or sorry, there's their other person in the couple being cisgendered um, is the most common. Um, not to say that necessarily stood out to me, um, but I just found, uh, yeah, the, the, this data just it most intriguing to me just to, to see, uh, let's say the diversity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. Uh, I, for me, when I'm looking at, when I was looking at, uh, some of the stats, I was kind of like, Oh, that's interesting. I'm like, okay, well these numbers here, um, it kind of reveals like, Oh, it's, it's taken into account where we are as a country and where the country is is grow, growing, how it's growing and, and, and where it's going, right? So up to me, I, I think it's helpful to, to, track, to track these stats. I think there was a couple stats that, that jumped out at me that kind of made me go, hmm. So in 2021, um, of the 8.6 million couples in Canada, uh, 32,000 binary person. Um, now I don't have my calculator in front of me. Maybe Joel, you can, um, uh, punch that number in and find out what the percentage of, um, 32,205 percent of the population of 8.6 million is, um, it's, it's a rounding error to zero. All right. Just it, okay. it's basically right. infinitesimally small as a percentage. Okay. Um, hold on to that. Hold on to that. Hold on to that point. All right. So then, uh, so together, uh, same gender, transgender, or non-binary couples represented 1.5% of all, cu- all couples in the country. Hold on to that one. Uh, most same, same gender couples with children are composed of two women. And then same gender, transgender, or non-binary couples are more uh, prevalent in Canada's largest urban centers, particularly their downtowns. All right, Joel. Um, yeah, so what do you think of all that? So I, I did the math. It's it's uh, basically like 0.4%. Okay. And yeah, so... That's what, what do you, what do you take? What do you, what do you take away from that, man? That, well, that 0.4% are, um, sorry, what was the 32,000 number of, um, that, that 32,000 is, um, so in, in 2021 of the 8.6 million couples in Canada, 32,205 included at least one transgender or non-binary person. So, you know, at essentially 0.4% of the population, um, that would be sort of, uh, that would be in line with my expectations um, in the sense of like how, how off, you know, how as a percentage of the total population, what percentage of people would, would call qualify into that category? Um, I would have speculated under 1% would have been my, my uneducated guess. Um, so to say essentially 0.4% of couples, um, have, you know, a person in that category. Um, yeah, that, that would be in, in line with, I think the, 
what's interesting i would say is it's in line with my expectation but it wouldn't be in line with the representation in hollywood mm-hmm. right um you know as we continue to see there's a, a higher and higher percentage right it's almost like one couple um in every show is having something you know uh that that or or more than one storyline has something along these lines um and i'm you know i'm probably including the the same sex couples in in that per um in that uh, statement um but my point is that the you know when we talk about representation uh in media and in you know movies tv or Hollywood, um, it's it's really not about equal representation, uh, and so I don't know. I you know being numbers based, that's where, you know, when I hear 0.4 percent versus you know I would say to you in media these things are or, or in you know the stories they're represented at 10 plus percent. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just peculiar uh, from a from a numerical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think I thought the numbers would have been bigger. Um, yeah, but the numbers aren't as big as I thought they were going to be. Um, but again, like I said, I think it's important that that um, that we're able to track these numbers because whether whether you know you agree with um, you know these are real people and they exist. Um, they are some of our friends of our um of our family members and so their experiences and their lifestyles have to be accounted for in the stats and so it's helpful uh to see where those numbers are uh because i like when i'm having conversations and and sometimes we're like okay well you know in our context as canadians when i whenever i throw the stat around where you know black people are 3.5 percent of the population in canada people are shocked because they would swear it's more. Well, I'm like, well, of course you'd swear it's more, right? If you live in the GTA, right? If you live in certain pockets of the GTA, you'd swear black people are are 40% of the population, but you know, in totality it's not. Um right? So mm-hmm. it, it's the same thing um with the LGBTQ2S plus community, right? Um like you said, you know, you you um you know, you'll turn on TV and you'll see the representation, but it might not reflect in the numbers that we're seeing in the country, which which brings up other questions about um, representation and 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 how that and how how that um, how the proportions of representations are 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 being are being set up, right? In regards to okay, well, if there's 3.5% of black people, but we're seeing them half the time on TV. Um, what's that about? Um, so that's, that's something to think about. Um, but Joel, uh, just, yes, sir. what is your two cents on this whole thing? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give a, you know, if anyone looks at the, I'll have an article from uh, CTV news, which, or, or the, you know, the article, from stats can if you want to call it an article right the headline being canada leads the g7 right which you know sort of being 
you know, there's a there's sort of two parts to that. One, it's a little bit funny that we're proud of something that, you know, again, I just say proud because it's sort of like the way it's presented is sort of like it's a good thing. Why is common law necessarily a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, it's it's neither one of those really argued, but it's just talking about change. Um, what's interesting uh-huh. to me about that, though, is that when you, you know, look at the, for the audience, look at the list or look at the CTV news. It says leads the G7, but we're in the, the chart, right? So there's three countries ahead of us, which aren't in the G7, Norway, Sweden, and Finland. But I, I mean, it's like, oh, here's 10 countries. The top, I'm assuming these are the top 10 countries. We're fourth of top 10. Now, maybe I'm wrong that it's not top 10, but that would make this data even more peculiar. The point I'm trying to make is, why not say we're four of the fourth of the top 10? We're fourth in the world or, or yeah. fourth in the, you know, of all the countries that collected the data. Why, why say we're leading of the G7 and then show a graphic where we're fourth? And that's, you know, again, I say that on the Stats Canada website, if you went to infographic... I think it's three. Yeah, three. Again, it's listing all 10. It's list 10 countries. I believe it's the top 10 again. It's it's sort of hard to, to know for sure. Um, again, it doesn't really say, uh, like the, the infographic from Stats Can says, prevalence of living common law among couples and has percentages by countries. And so Sweden is 33, Norway is 31, Finland's 28, and we're 23. So what does that mean? Like, you know, does does that uh, again, it sounds like we're proud of this in in the data or in the way it's presented. <laughs> but why? I don't understand. Um, and, and not to mention, as I said, we're actually fourth in the charts they show. So I don't know. It's, it's just a really weird thing. So um, other than I think that you know, some of the stuff that's pointed out here is that common law is very prevalent among young people. Um, and and it seems like there is a trend towards living together longer before getting married. Um, that would be my, you know, hypothesis as to why do we see common law growing? It's And I don't, I would speculate, as I said to you, you know, what percentage of these go people who live common law i would think it's a relatively high number but you know not i i have a relative who's living common law and the part of the reason they're living common law is because previous the second time around let's say um i don't necessarily i don't think that their commitment is any different Uh, you know is that an aspect of you know their history versus the young couple who's never been married living together you know how how are those things different and i think those are the the questions that this data makes me think about and you know of course ctv news and stats can is not really going to talk about those questions um their investigative journalistic approach to really dig into these things um, Darnell, what about you? What does uh, what does this data 
leave you with that you want to leave the audience with? Yeah. Uh, so what I'd like to school you guys too is uh, one thing just looking at the stats. Uh, one thing um, to think about is um, look for, for the statistical bedrock. So a lot of times is, like I said, prior to the start of the show, I, I always enjoy getting into stats can stats um, because it's a survey of, well, the best stats that we have on, um, on the country. And so it's always good to find, especially us as Canadians um, can find stats that are close to reliable as possible. Now there's, you know, there's, there's no such thing as, uh, you know, perfect stats, but, but this is, it gets pretty close. I always enjoy getting into it, and I and I consider stats can a, a bedrock in regards to reliability, or even being able to search out things and ask questions and, and pull numbers and, and and connect the dots on your own. So, yeah, um, that's important. Um, and then I would piggyback off of what Joel was uh, talking about: is uh, why are we so proud? <laughs> why are we always trying to push to be number one on the wrong things um and and and, and i'll kind of nuance that uh in the sense that um yeah the, the tagline was really pushing that common law is what we're about and that it's better than marriage but when you look at the fine print and when you look at the numbers it's not saying that 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 well basically i'll say it this way don't believe the hype common law is not mm -hmm. as common Read the uh, type. Marriage in Canada. <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not not one of those. <laughs> but common law is not as common as marriage is common as marriage. And so the, the selling point was, you know, oh, okay, well, nobody cares about marriage. Marriage is irrelevant. But according to the stats, marriage uh, marriage is more is, is still happening more than common law is. Uh, so so that and, and then that's something we could take away from um, and, and, and feel good about, but also to make sure that we're reading the fine print when, when tackling this stuff. And then uh, lastly, uh, I think back to episode 107 that Joel and I did, uh, which is called What's Love Got to Do With It? And that episode really changed my, my view on, on romantic relationships. So, so now I know, I no longer think that relationships um, are just about romance, but they're actual business transactions, right? Mm -hmm. So romantic relationships are a division of labor, right? So um, she brings something to the table that benefits you. You bring something to the table that benefits her. And if you don't like it, you can go find another deal somewhere else, Right. So the problem with common law relationships is uh, couples don't think about um, or much less read the fine print before they get in to, um, into that relationship, right? And so when you get in, when you don't read the fine print um, and then things go south, right? The hardest thing that a person could ever do is maintain a romantic relationship. And all relationships um, are always tested and the numbers are pretty high, whether married or not, that relationships do tend to fail. And so you want to make sure that um, you, you make a good business decision when you decide to go um, play Dolly House, as Jamaicans would say. <laughs> uh, or, um, right? Uh, Dolly House is a playhouse. It's, it's, it's a euphemism for 
so if you go do that and, and both people come in with 50-50, um, if you separate, it won't be 50-50, right? Because if you come in and you guys bring, you know, purchase assets and you guys grow your equity, right? The, the equity might not be split 50-50, but you might not leave with it. So, so it's always good to be wise um, when, when getting into these relationships. And I understand, I, I understand the pull for, um, to be in a common law relationship, right? You want to, you know, you, you, you want to, you want to be with your boo. Um, it, it's convenient. You can, you can pay rent. It's easier to pay rent, especially if you live in Canada. Um, it's pretty expensive to, to do it on your own. So I understand, but you have to be careful of, you know, being forced into a common law relationship, uh, because, um, you, um, you, you got, you got somebody pregnant, right? Mm. Right. And, and now, and now you're forced and to this, this relationship. Um, and yeah. And, and now, and now you're, now you're, you're doing business on terms that you don't necessarily like, and then that's where it gets messy. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so I would just mm -hmm. encourage, um, the people out there, man, um, yeah, don't be afraid of marriage. But I would also add to what Joel was saying in regards to uh, young people not being interested. I'll say this: marriage is for Christians, and marriage is for unbelievers, right? God, God instituted marriage for all people because that's what helps to build society. But there's a Christian way. To, there's a Christian way to do marriage, and there's an unbeliever way to do marriage. So because unbelievers do unbeliever things, the foundation of their ideas of marriage are, are trivial. And, and and reflects in society, mm. right? But 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 Christians are going to do Christian things and get married. Uh, Joel and you know Joel and I have a friend um, who's recently divorced, right? Um, and he um, instead of like being out in the street, uh, you know, tr tr trying to be a pretty boy or or or, or a prey boy, not a playboy, but a prey boy that. A prey boy is a Christian playboy, if you didn't know. <laughs> you mean it's not one who prays? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he prays on the galdem. <laughs> right? Yeah, wrong kind so, of prey for the Christian boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so but, but he, he wasn't trying to be a prey boy, right? Really hard to pursue um, um, another woman. Um, and, and get married again, to get back in, in covenant again, uh, to do things the right way. And so I, I, I bring, uh, I bring that up because, um, a lot of times is it would have been easy for him to just say, okay, you know what, let me just shack up with some, some girl and lay up and, and, and live the common law life. But because, um, he loves the Lord and he wants to live integrity, live in integrity in light of his God and his brothers, right. Where he can come back to me and Joel and the guys and say hey look guys here's my here's here's my my, my new wife and um i want you guys to come alongside us and encourage us so yeah be encouraged marriage is still alive um and 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 common law is just a wave that's my two cents mm -hmm. well and and bro you said something about you didn't exactly say about being a team but when you you know, when you, when you were talking earlier about that other episode, you know, it made me think of how often I say to my wife this, you know, stupid punchline, but it's like teamwork makes the dream work, right? Like I make that joke all the time 
because it is a team, right? Like, and think the common law scenario is sort of like a soft commitment to that to marriage being the hard commitment to the team or, or the mm-hmm. solidified mm-hmm. commitment to the team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I think, I think it's, um, if anything, you know, we're looking at this trend, you know, we didn't mention it in the data, but I think it was some somewhere in there. It talks about like a 400% increase in common law. Um, and I don't recall the timeline, but you know, we're in our opinion, I think we would say they're, we're trending in the wrong direction. And, and again, um, you know, they're, they seem to be celebrating something like this, uh, where, where we would say from a, um, you know, the, the consequences of this will be felt and we'll see in 30 years, if this trend continues, how does this, uh, affect families? How does it affect, um, you know, divorce rates? How does it affect a number of things? Um, you know, you're not going to see the, the immediate impact or you're not going to see the impact for a period of time. Um, and, and maybe, you know, going to those countries that are top four and, and, or sorry, top three above us as a percentage how long have they been there and what trends are in those countries would be sort of the next step for someone who's uh interested in the data and digging further mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah let us know what you guys think um let us know if, if our pros and cons were off in regards to marriage and uh common law let us know if if, if we changed anybody's mind about marriage or common law uh, let us know if you guys have any questions you know where to contact us uh, you can contact me do good at darnell um you can see the little infographic at, at, at the bottom there or the uh i don't know what we call that a vector uh well anyways uh it's pretty <laughs> cool but yeah oh uh, uh, yeah you can uh hit me up at do good at darnell d-o-g-u-d-d-a underscore darnell at, uh, on twitter and instagram What's Instagram, bro? <laughs> oh, it's the platform you got kicked off of, but I'm still on, so holla at me. Uh, yeah, TJ Joel N39 everywhere. Hit me up. Um, six cents report at gmail.com. Six cents report everywhere. Let us know your two cents. And buy, hit us up on uh, Buy Me a Coffee if you want some exclusive access to some content. But you heard me? Does that make sense?